Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 24 of the Genesis Gems podcast. I am one of the co-hosts, Nick Stevens, and with me this week is not Rob Luther. We'll get into that in a little bit. But with me this week is Aaron Hickman from the Retro Obscura podcast. How you doing, Aaron? Hey, man. Pretty good. How about you? Doing well. Um, Rob, actually, we've made a comment on the Facebook page about Rob's kind of temporary departure. Um, just kind of stay tuned for that. We actually have an update on how that all occurred. Um, we are actually in the offices of the Genesis Gyms. If you all don't know, we have a big office. So I was able to get some uh, some audio clips of what actually happened with, with Rob. So we're going to cut to that right now. This is a little peek inside the offices of the Genesis Gyms podcast. Yes, come in. Hey, man. You got a second? Actually, no. I'm trying to promote the podcast. Go ahead, head over to the front office, chat with our regional manager, Michael Scott. He can take care of anything you need. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, hey, Michael. Uh, Nick had the idea that I should talk to you? I have an idea. Why don't you leave right now? Why don't you walk away from the room, okay? <laughs> That's a good one, Michael. <laughs> this is not a joke, okay? was offensive and lame, so double offensive. This is an environment of welcoming, and you should just get out of here. <laughs> Seriously, Michael, you're killing me here. <sighs> you are the silent killer. Go back to the annex. Wow, are, are you serious? Why are you being like this? Why are you the way that you are? Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. Well, I guess I'll be taking a break. Probably head to Costa Rica and work on my project or something, huh? Later that day. Hey, Michael, do you have any clue where Rob went? I can't find him. No! Good grief, Michael, settle down. I guess we'll just have to go on without him. Could you at least try to be his friend next time? I tried, I tried, but that is like trying to be friends with an evil snail. I feel like I'm dying inside. Seriously, guys, that's a big spoof. Uh, Rob actually wanted to give you guys a personal message. Um, he is going to take a break. He will He will be back. He promises that. He has a whole Terminator thing at the end of this, but uh, Rob's real message is coming up right now. Good day, Sega fans. Rob here. Hopefully you get this before Michael gets in, so apparently I've been kicked off the show. You know, first of all, my message is to Nick. Um, first of all, buddy, thank you, man. To borrow a line from Golden Girls, thank you for being a friend, man. Uh, you know, f- for the listeners who might not know our backstory, um, Nick and I became friends through the Retro Junkie Super Show. Um, Landon and I had started that a couple years ago, and, and Nick had reached out to us simply because he recognized the logo of – here's a little Sega reference for you – uh, the original logo of the Retro Junkie Super Show was Axel and Max, like, holding Nintendo controllers, you know. And Nick had recognized that, and because of that, r- downloaded the episode and liked the show enough to reach out to us. And from that, we became very good friends, you know. And it was all because of a Sega reference. So, but anyways, you know, Nick's a guy that I really, really respect. And 
Um, I've had such a good, good time recording this show. Um, and it's, it sounds like, as I'm saying this, it sounds like I'm quitting for good. And that's my first message to you listeners. This is not for good. I'm coming back. I'll be back in a couple of months for those of you who actually want me back. The reason I'm leaving is because there's a project that's presented itself. And, and I feel like I need to take this opportunity because you never know if this might be your last shot to do something. You, you never know because life has a way of surprising you sometimes. So I'm going to go ahead and pursue this project, but I assure you all that I'm going to be back. And um, next thing I want to say, this is for the listeners, thank you. Um, thank you for, for always reaching out. Thank you for such such kind reviews that we've gotten on iTunes. Uh, every, every now and then we'll get a kind message on Facebook or we'll get an email. You don't know how much that means to, to me and Nick because I think the coolest thing aside – besides you know talking to your buddy about video games is just the interaction with listeners because these are people that we don't know you know these are people all around the world that that share the common interest of a Sega Genesis game um so thank you for reaching out to us thank you for enjoying the show thank you for listening we can't express how much that means to us um and the last thing i want to say is to my buddy Aaron uh man you're the man i i truly respect Aaron uh, he's a good guy uh, he and i have always cut up and talked about video games in the past so um you guys are in for a treat with Aaron uh thank you man for for uh taking over for me man it means a lot and uh, you have my utmost respect buddy so guys to borrow a line from the terminator series I'll be back. So, I mean, if you want me to come back. Thanks so much, Rob, for providing that. You know, those, those words mean a lot to us. And uh, we, we definitely want to uh, keep the show rolling. We, uh, we, could t- we took a break one time and kind of lost the feed and just kind of want to keep this momentum going. So, yeah, I talked with Rob. We brought Aaron on board because, uh, first of all, we, we had Aaron on the show before. Really, really like Aaron. You know, I'm, I'm going to talk him up here. He, he knows his stuff. He's a good friend of ours from the network. So, real privilege to have you on the show, Aaron. I have no idea why I'm here. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for... Uh... Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I grew up with Sega Genesis. I absolutely love the system. Gunstar Heroes that we're talking about today, tonight, is one of my absolute favorite games. So it's a pleasure to be here. Perfect timing. You know, I, a lot of times when we, uh, anytime I, I find a game that I've never really heard of about the Genesis, I'll, I'll send Aaron a message. Hey, you ever played this one? Aaron knows the background, knows where it came from. And I, I love it. I love the information he brings. And, and I, I told him a few weeks ago when I asked him, I said, and I like your humbleness. He, he's a, he's a guy that knows it all, but doesn't brag about it. And I, I really, I really appreciate that kind of attitude. It doesn't make me, he makes me feel dumb, but he doesn't, uh, make me feel bad about it. If that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not trying to make you feel dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Aaron has an awesome show with uh, the, another good friend of ours, Paul, over at uh, Retro Obscura. So check them out. You can uh, Facebook them. They're Retro Obscura. They're on iTunes everywhere. So uh, part of the Retro Junkies Network as well. But as far as our show goes, the Genesis Gems, I think we went over this enough, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, a Genesis Gem, this is a Sega Genesis game-by-game podcast. We will cover one Genesis game a podcast, and we would define it, whether it's a Genesis Gem, which is kind of your top level game of the system, uh, if it's just good, or if it's garbage, you know, just the worst game you could possibly get. But uh, that's kind of how we how we rate our games here. And uh, if you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at facebook.com slash Genesis Gems Podcast. Uh, we have a Facebook group, too, uh, really trying to push that a little bit. We've noticed some other podcasts. I know Aaron, your podcast, Retro Obscura, has a Facebook group. Seems like you guys get a lot of interaction there. And I know the, the two dudes do as well. So check us out on the Facebook group. I'll start posting some links on the other uh, Facebook site. Uh, and you can email us at GenesisGemsPodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Gen Gems. Check us out on Stitcher and check us out on iTunes. And if you feel 
like you're in a giving mood, give us an awesome review on iTunes. So those Facebook groups seem to work pretty well, don't they, Aaron? Yeah, Facebook groups are awesome. Uh, you just got to have uh, plenty of regulars in there, and uh, you know it, it kind of becomes a life of its own. Once you get enough people in there, they'll start posting their own stuff, and you'll think, "Hey, I never thought of that," and uh, it's great because they'll bring up you know topics or or games that maybe you didn't even know about. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it's great, and it's you know one way to directly interact with your fans. So uh, you know, get in the group. Uh, Genesis Gems is a great place to be, you know, just talk all about awesome Genesis games, horrible Genesis games, like uh, <laughs> the Adventures of Mighty Max, you know. <laughs> I actually have a copy of that game now. So. Oh, did you take that out of the, out of the retro junk box? <laughs> I took box. that out of the, the junk box, and it, it is a trophy, because I don't think there's many worse games on the Genesis. The, so. I think I think that's the only Genesis game in the box I passed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh... This is cool. We actually have an official name for this next segment. Um, if you guys remember the past few episodes, I think I was calling it, What Are You Up To Sega Recently? And Rob and I discussed how awful that sounded. And uh, we kind of challenged anybody to give us give us a good name. And, man, thank you so much, Blake Worrell. You gave us, like, six or seven names to come up with. And uh, this segment is actually going to be officially now called, it is called The Sega Snippets. Test one, two. Sega now it's time for Sega Snippets. And so basically what we talk about here, um, you know, we're gonna, we talk a little bit maybe about Sega news or other Sega games we've been playing. Um, you know, for me here lately, I've kind of been a little conservative with my money, not not buying as much. But I did find a pretty good haul on eBay. Uh, for our next game, I'm not going to announce it yet, but it was kind of an obscure title. So I, I was actually able to find it with two other games. And one of the other games that came with it was Biohazard Battle, and uh, I've been playing this game a lot. It's just it's it's a fun. It's a good yeah, player co-op game. Yeah, it's just like a shoot 'em up type game, and it's it's kind of strange because you kind of pick like these bug looking creatures. That it, it's real fast paced action, not you know button mashing. I had a blast playing that. But have you have you tried that one before, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, I used to have a copy of that one, and it has really smooth graphics yeah. and uh, just really tight gameplay. And what's funny is there's another game called Insector X. It kind of feels like a cheaper version of that game. <laughs> so if you want to know like what the poor man's version of Biohazard uh, Battle is, go try in Sector X. <laughs> One of those uh, Sage's Creations games. Yeah. Which are kind of hit, hit and miss. Some of them are good. I know you just said you picked up one by them, which isn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, well... That's a that's a hint for the next episode. We're covering a Sage's Creation game, so it's just some random Sega news. I know one big thing I've seen on many Sega sites, many uh, Facebook groups, is that uh, there's a new Kickstarter for Toe Jam and Earl. I'm not sure if I'm excited about this yet or not, because I, I know the Toe Jam and Earl game that came out on Xbox, I believe, really wasn't my favorite. Um, of course, you know, love original Toe Jam and Earl and Genesis, but uh, have you heard much about that, Aaron? Yeah, and it's by the original guy, which I think is, uh, his first name is Greg, his last name's escaping me. It's the original creator uh, of the first game, and uh, if you watch the Kickstarter video, he kind of goes through what happened after the first game. The second game, they wanted him to do something different, so a side-scrolling platformer, which wasn't a bad game, just wasn't the first game. And then uh, Sega gave him the opportunity to work on, uh, they worked on Toe Jam & Earl 3 on the Dreamcast, but as you probably know, Nick, it got canceled, and yeah. then they switched development over to Xbox, and then the powers that be were like, oh, well, we need you to add in a third character <laughs> and, and sex it up and, you know, make it more hip-hop and, and more this vibe and 
just really getting away from what I think the original intention of the creator was. And so what I think this Kickstarter is trying to do is they want to get back to the original vibe of the first game. And now that the like the roguelike genre is kind of a, a buzzword and a hot yeah, item yeah, now, yeah. It's, it's the perfect time for this game to come back out. I can't say I'm absolutely thrilled with the art style, but uh, I, I'm hoping for good things, to be honest, because it, it's going the indie route. There's no publisher oversight. I'm thinking something good will come of it. And, and plus, online co-op. I mean, that's what I absolutely <laughs> love. <laughs> Speaking of what I've been playing recently, Toe Jam & Earl online co-op on the PS3 is fantastic. Nice. If you can do that, yeah. <laughs> it's been a lo- <laughs> long time since i played those games. Definitely interested in, in jumping back in. Uh, and like you said, with the roguelike games, I've been hearing a lot of uh, news on that. I know you had a little uh, snippet there on the Retro Junkies Super Show where you talked a little bit about that. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool. I know you brought up Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah, I t- <laughs> tried to tie that in so people aren't like, it's not you know going completely over their head or anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, check that out. Um, I may reach out to those guys, maybe see if we can get an interview. That'd be kind of fun. I don't know. I've, I've never actually done that. And I've, I thought, you know, maybe trying to bring more news into this podcast and actually get some of that stuff going on. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can do that. No promises, listeners, but we'll, we'll give that a shot. Um, one other piece of news I want to cover, this is last for me anyways, uh, this is kind of maybe a little older news, but we haven't covered it on the show, is that uh, uh, Sega shut down one of their offices in San Francisco, um, mainly their offices that had been developing some of the more AAA, you know, quote-unquote type games, um, and they're, the, the news was that they're going to be focusing more on digital games. Uh, some people were sad about this. Some really didn't care. A lot of the, a lot of the more recent Sega games aren't that good. Uh, they're, they're, some, they're hit and miss with that, and... Yeah, yeah there's I'm like the only notable exception I can really think of. I mean, the Sonic games just aren't that great anymore. Nah, but nah. the the Yakuza series is still yeah. really good. Uh, but that's a very Japanese centric game, but really good like beat 'em up slash RPG gameplay and almost like Shenmue. Yeah, and you know that that was always kind of my my hope was that they could bring Shenmue three out. You know, finally, after all this time, and that that was yeah. one more piece of news that that just kind of exactly one more piece <laughs> of news that just kind of made me think. Oh, no. you know, I, I always thought you know you, uh, Suzuki just should just do a Kickstarter, do it on his own. Kickstarter, I w- you know, behind yeah. Sega's back, just make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Be like the guy from uh, Mega Man. You know, he went and did Mighty <laughs> Number Nine. It's basically Mega Man, exactly. but with a different <laughs> different just, character. You just name him somebody else. You know, make him from a different country. Just kind of continue the story. <laughs> Yeah, there you yeah. go. You know, it's uh, Sega Man. There you go. <laughs> right, uh, is there anything you want to talk about here? Is there any uh, special Sega games you've been playing or any news out there? You um, you know what? Besides Toe Jam and Earl and playing Gunstar Heroes, um, not too much. You know, I've been playing, what is it, uh, Shining in the Darkness. I've gotten yeah, to like yeah. the middle of that game, and it's really hard, and you kind of have to grind a lot. So uh, in <laughs> Retro Obscura, of course, we, we cover Sega games quite a bit, too, on there. I'm, I'm trying to remember, like, a, a recent one we did on there, but it's kind of escaping me. But you can always check out <laughs> our episodes over there. You'll, you'll find some Sega games, trust me. We're, uh, Paul and I are definitely Sega fans. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. I, I, I love hearing your all show. I, something else, Sega, that you guys were, did your Metro, Metroidvania podcast last time, and I... Uh, Paul was mentioning that uh, Tales Adventures game on, on Game Gear, you know, downloaded on the 3DS uh, Virtual Console. I never played yeah. that. I, I I never was a big Game I, Gear fan, so like when I when I downloaded that, I didn't have a lot of expectations. But I really like that game. It was pretty good. Yeah, 
Game Gear is, is hit and miss. And uh, yeah, I guess I've, I've been playing a bit of Game Gear lately, too. And Tales Adventure is actually one of the really good ones, along with Gunstar Heroes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's surprising how well of a conversion they did for Gunstar Heroes. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit yeah, yeah. Um, later. But Game Gear version of Gunstar Heroes, go look it up on YouTube. I think it's only in Japanese, but it is really impressive like if you didn't know it was the game here you might mistake the video for a second for the for the genesis until the audio kicks in then you're like okay this is just game gear <laughs> that's good i've never actually owned the official hardware of a game gear it's one of those things that I, i'm going to buy eventually i actually have three or four game gear games you know what just make sure you get those capacitors yes, fixed because yes. i've had two game gears go out on me and uh you know, the, I think the reason why the Game Boy did so well is because those batteries actually last. <laughs> <laughs> you put, you know, unless you have the Game Gear hooked up to like a, an AC adapter or something, man, those batteries are going to drain, and especially if you're going to play like an, uh, an RPG or something. There's a few on there that are pretty good, uh, like I think Crystal Warriors yes, or something. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, some pretty cool ones in like Shining Force, but man, those batteries drain so <laughs> fast. And the, the screen is so dim, so yeah. you have to find someone like um, William Culver. Uh, he's done, from the ColecoVisions podcast, he's done mods on Game Gears before where he'll take like a capacitor kit or something and he'll uh, do a mod to get, make it have a, a brighter screen. So there's really neat things out there for the Game Gear. Or you can just grab a 3DS and there's... <laughs> There's a library of Game Gear games on there too. Yeah, and it's quite extensive. I was shocked how many Game Gear games they had on that on their their eShop. Definitely something cool to check out. Playing Sega games on a Nintendo console. Isn't that weird? It really is. It, it works. It does, <laughs> and it's funny how you don't really think much about it till you kind of get into this, you know, 16-bit console war mindset. You're like, oh, good grief, what happened? And the Saturn's what happened to Sega. That's exactly. sadly. <laughs> We're launching Bad a new console. Yeah, we're launching a new console tomorrow. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. <laughs> it's Great. like, oh, we, we're going to have like five different hardware revisions, and exactly. you're going to have a tower of power with the Sega Genesis, and you know, you're going to have the you're going to have a mushroom sitting on top of your Sega Genesis, <laughs> and you're going to have a sidecar, you know, the Sega CD. <laughs> I just after a while, it just looked ridiculous. You're just like, okay, just give us the new system already. It's just, <laughs> I, I love the 32X and the Sega CD, but it was just kind of a placeholder eventually. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people, it, it, it's just hard to market an, a, an adapter as a new, you know, new system. So I don't think that was ever going to work. But, yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's that's Sega Snippets from my end. I like this new name, Sega Snippets. Thanks again, Blake. We really appreciate that. <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, I don't know if you uh, listen to the show very often, but this is the spot where I go, hey, Rob, game on. And then you would say, Game on. <laughs> nailed it. All right. Or <laughs> I'm no Rob, I promise. <laughs> or snailed it, as we say on this show. <laughs> yes, nailed it. Snailed it. Game on! Yeah, game on! Gunstar Heroes. This was uh, our listener pick. Um, Rob McCallum actually suggested this game. What we did, we took uh, the first three suggestions from Facebook and the first three suggestions from Twitter, put them all in a pool, and whatever got the most votes was the game we were going to cover, and it was Gunstar Heroes. So, uh, yeah, this, this game is definitely a very well-known Sega Genesis game. Uh, as far as memories go, I like to talk about memories. Uh, it's this game I did rent a lot. Um, you know, being a big Contra fan, as you, all you listeners have heard many, many times that I love Contra, this, this game was right up my alley. You know, they, they classified it as a run-and-gun, so I, 
I played this game like crazy. Uh, yeah, I never owned it. I rented it a lot. And of course, when I figured out what an emulator and a ROM were back in the uh, you know mid to late 90s, I played this game a whole lot. That was the only time I really beat it back then. I couldn't beat it when I rented it. I beat it with safe states. But uh, did you have any classic memories of this one, Aaron? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I just remember, uh, so we had the Sega Genesis and we had the Sega CD. But I remember when this game came out, it's like, we got to put the Sega CD aside for a little bit to play this game. <laughs> And, you know, uh, I had three older brothers and an older sister. We would always fight over the, the video game systems because we had one TV. And so we'd fight, you know, but then you get to play Gunstar Heroes and at least it's two-player co-op. Yeah. And uh, used to play it so much. I think we got it. I got We got that game, I think, for Christmas one year. And then we also got Ren and Stimpy around the same time, <laughs> I remember. I remember playing the heck out of both of those games. And I must have been about seven or eight. And... Uh, you know, eventually, like my older brother and I, uh, you know, George or, or something, uh, we would play that game and then we'd finally, you know, beat it on normal. But uh, man, hard mode is just insane in this game. Yeah. But, you know, same thing like you. Uh, I think I even played it on the Nomad a bit. So somehow we scored a Nomad and this is one of my favorite games to play on the Nomad. Uh, and then eventually, like you, you know, I got into emulation a bit. Um, but I, I held on to my copy of this game for a while up until I got married and that's when I sold all my <laughs> Sega collection. I had like 80 Sega games and it's oh, like, yeah. damn, you know, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, uh, you yeah. know, I had Fantasy Stars, I had Virtual uh, virtual Racing, I had some of the more rare ones and, or like, you know, how those games like Fantasy Star 4 and Virtual Racing were like a hundred bucks when they came out. It's yeah. insane. But I, I digress. Uh, Gunstar <laughs> Heroes... It's still a game like I can play now. Even though I sold my uh, my Genesis copy, I've got it on the PS3, thankfully. So yeah. I've been able to play that version over on the uh, Sonic uh, Genesis collection, or, however it's called. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, I've got it on there. I've got it on Steam. I've got it in a few different places because this game's been re-released quite a few times yeah yeah absolutely i have it on xbox and ps3 um from the arcade and the playstation network as a download i think it was like five dollars for anybody wants to go out there and grab that well we'll go over the the real prices here and a little bit of the actual copies and it might sway you to get the uh, digital (laughs) versions of this game but um, i did see it in the wild over at uh, half price books (laughs) i think i posted it on the genesis gems group before i knew we were doing this game and surprisingly, that's actually cheaper than the uh, <laughs> prices are. I'll, we'll, we'll go that should go grab it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of sad. All right. So the next part of this show is our high score challenge. The Genesis Gems High Score Challenge. Aaron, I don't know about you. I didn't really write down my high score. I didn't because you... You game over so much in this game. Yeah, you just yeah. forget about your score. Thankfully, you have infinite continues. Exactly. But especially if you play it on like hard mode, you're <laughs> going to continue a few times and you're going to lose track of your score. And it's not like score, it doesn't even give you like an extra life or anything because no. there's no there's no lives in this game. It's just hit points. Exactly. And I I remember seeing, you know, somewhere around 300,000 on my on my score chart, but I never wrote it down. Uh our winner again, he he posted uh the last game we played, which I believe was not the last game, no one really did a high score for NHL, but uh, uh, for Target Earth was a Matt Daly. He had 436,826 points. Um, so what we're going to do, Matt, we we talked about this in a few shows. Um, I'm I'm going to compile every five shows. We're going to do a, a drawing, and uh, it'll be whoever wins 
per show, and I'm not going to limit that. So, so now, now Matt has two chances to, to get a prize. So, we're, we're every five shows we're going to draw a, um, one of the contest winners, and, and they're going to get a cool second prize that uh, we'll announce later. But uh, I, I had an idea of like a swag bag or something to do with Genesis, and I haven't quite followed through with that yet. So we're going to get we're going to get a, a cool contest going for. Uh, all these high score winners, so that that'll be something to look look for, listeners. Um, we're going to announce the high score challenge for each game, and uh, whoever wins for that episode will get their name thrown in a bucket to get a get a cool prize. And I promise it won't be anything lame. It won't be like Chester Cheetah from my personal collection. I promise that won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> what a game! Oh man, that was bad. I promise Kaneko made other. They made good games. <laughs> yeah. I promise. Oh, I know, I know. We we saw some of the good ones, but that that wasn't one. DJ of my... Boys. Yes, yes. I you mentioned that when we did that show. <laughs> but uh, I think Rob actually enjoyed Chester Cheetah. That might be one of the reasons he's not here anymore, because I kept giving him a hard time hurting his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> exactly. All right, so high score challenge. That's over. Uh, congratulations again, Matt. We'll throw your name in there twice for this drawing. So, uh, all right, let's move on to the game, uh, Gunstar Heroes. This was developed by Treasure and published by Sega. Some of the notable games by Treasure that I uh, like to mention um Mischief Makers, Nintendo 64. I love that game. Uh, Guardian Heroes, which came out in Sega Saturn, is a, a huge game. People love that. Uh, you can get the re-release on Xbox. I think it's on PS3 as well. Much cheaper, too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, it was a great game on Saturn, though. Absolutely yeah, yeah. It. And it, my it, co-host just picked up a copy. Oh, he did? He got the copy? Yes. Oh, he got a copy sweet. on Saturn. He's, he's loving it. It's one of his top, like, ten games on the Saturn now. Top five. It's a neat beat em up because you you know you can kind of jump back and forth uh, to the different planes, kind of like on like if you're playing Fatal Fury, like a fighting game. Yeah, and there's even a um, yeah. uh, Oh man, so there's another treasure game, and this is where my useless facts come in handy. (laughs) Uh, Yu Yu, I don't know how it's pronounced. That anime though, Kashuko or something. Um, So it's a fighting game on, on the Mega Drive that lets you switch between the different planes. It's a really solid uh, fighting game for the Genesis or yeah. Mega Drive. But, yeah, sorry, go on. Oh, no, you're fine. And uh, there, there's two other games that... These are just games that I, I find notable because I like them. Uh, the other one was Light Crusader, which I thought was a pretty cool game. We'll talk about that Yeah, that day. wasn't... Uh, and that one's interesting because that's, like, totally not Treasure's normal style. Yeah, like, yeah. you can almost tell... That the main programmer from Treasure, uh, I forgot his name here, Mitsuru Yaida, I guess. Um, you can tell when it's got that Treasure feel to it. I thought Light Crusader is good, but it definitely doesn't feel like the other Treasure games. And like when, when I think of Treasure, of course, Gunstar Heroes is probably my favorite. Guardian Heroes, Dynamite Heady is like very wacky if you played that one <laughs> on Genesis. It's insane, but it's another one of those games where it pushes the Genesis to the limits. Yeah. Uh, another one I... There's a few other uh, other ones I really like. You know what's funny? I haven't played Mischief Makers on the M64, but I, I picked up Sin and Punishment yes. as soon as I yes. could when it came out on that, that was my uh, last Wii one. Yep. Uh, Virtual Console because they translated it and everything. One that I think people should play, though, is Bangayo. Uh, on the Dreamcast, if you can pick up a copy of that game, it is fantastic. Yeah, and that's like almost like a twin stick style shooter, um, and you're like a flying robot, and the story makes absolutely no sense <laughs> at all. But um, you know, it's got that that treasure style, and it's just it's just good. Yeah, um, yeah. I was going to mention Sin and Punishment, but uh, Mischief Makers. If you look at some of the, like the character art. It 
it ble- I mean, it just bleeds Gunstar Heroes. With the, <laughs> uh, the the main character, kind of a strange looking thing. I got the same kind of hairstyle, and, and the face is very anime looking, like Gunstar Heroes. But the, I remember that game being. I just love that game. It's something I've been meaning to pick up again because I almost forget how it plays. And I'm not I'm not big on playing N64 on emulation. I don't have. Maybe I should get me a cool uh, you know, N64 style PC controller. But I don't have one of those. I I don't like emulating. Because of that controller, so um. yeah, I think um, I picked up an adapter. This was years back. I don't have it anymore, but it was like a a PlayStation slash N sixty four adapter. Yeah, that you could hook up to your PC. Cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, it's kind of weird. I've tried it. I've tried to play N sixty four and emulation with a, a PS four controller, <laughs> <laughs> and that is just weird. Yeah. You get used to it, but it is just you have to remap things. You try playing like Super Mario sixty four. And there was something so natural. I know we're on a Sega podcast, but, I mean, <laughs> but just about squeezing that that Z trigger. I don't know. It, some games were just designed really well for that controller. When you yeah. switch it over, it's just like when you try and play a Sega Genesis game uh, on a different controller. And some games just work really well with that A B C in a in a line. Uh, and then you try and take it over to like a you play a Genesis game on a PlayStation controller, and. Uh, like for Gunstar Heroes, I had to remap it because <laughs> it's not easy, you know, jumping with the, um, I think it is jumping with a circle button and then firing with the X button, switching with the square yeah, button. Yeah. It's easier to go into the menu and uh, make X your jump button and then square your fire. So it's more like, it's more like Contra 3 on Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I kind of left it alone because it's been so long since I played the Genesis version that it just kind of, I just had to learn it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there are some cool games by Treasure um, that, you know, you check check out. If, if you just want to get a list of them, go check it out. There's, there's some, they're, they're just a real good developer, in my opinion. And, uh, of course, this show is with Gunstar Heroes. This is actually the first game they released. They were actually working on a game prior to this, but Gunstar Heroes was the first game they actually released to market. So that's, kinda, that's definitely a good first game on, on their resume. Um, yeah, and I think they were like ex-Konami programmers. I know the main guy was. Oh, is that right? Uh, and, and I think the sound designer was too. I think sound designer had worked on games like uh, Bucky O'Hare on the NES, oh, which cool. is phenomenal. Yeah. I think Treasure, m- m- most of the Treasure staff actually worked on Bucky O'Hare. Uh, the main programmer had worked on, um, you know, the Gunstar Heroes. He'd worked on uh, Super Castlevania Four. Uh, base war it's, and then he, he worked on Contra 3 which makes so much sense <laughs> so much sense when you realize there's like the dual weapon system uh, and, and some of the gameplay elements of this game you feel like Gunstar Heroes is almost like a natural extension of some of the ideas in Contra 3 <laughs> yeah Wait, and, and later on I noticed they uh, helped with some of the Gradius games later on I think like uh, in yeah you're right yeah, yeah, yeah so. they, they actually kind of partnered back up with Konami again, yeah, which is cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, the, the, the game they were working on before Gunstar Heroes was uh, McDonald's Treasure Land Adventure. <laughs> and they actually... <laughs> I've never played that. It did come out. It did yeah, come out. Yeah. It's not, not my favorite treasure game. It's, <laughs> it's decent, though. You know what? The McDonald's games, uh, believe it or not, are not that bad. That one and uh, Global Gladiators <laughs> is I'm, actually pretty good. I remember McKids on Nintendo. Was that, was that a McDonald's? Yeah, Mc, okay. McKids on the NES by Virgin... 
is not as bad as people say it is. I used to own that one. It, it's kind of like a Super Mario Brothers 3 ripoff, though. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this game was released in 1993, September 9th. Um, the average price is what we are talking about earlier. Um, as of yesterday, which yesterday was March the 1st, I checked this. Uh, the uh, and this, <laughs> is, this is just an average uh, per the app we use, the Genesis Mega Drive collecting app. Uh, the standalone cart is averaging right now, and these are internet prices, for $31. The cartridge and manual combo is selling for an average of $42. And this is the complete in box, which just blew me away. It's selling for an average of $85. And I believe that picture you posted was $60? $60 yeah. over at Half Price Books. <laughs> so, and when I bought it from, I think it was Hollywood Video, I got it for, I think I had to go rebuy it. And it was like 15 bucks at the time. <laughs> and it was funny, it was back then they, they used to have like the... Uh, the boxes face the window and so do you remember that when they'd get sun damaged yep yep yeah so for the (laughs) longest time i had a a box of gunstar heroes and it was all sun damaged (laughs) it's like that and my copy of uh castlevania bloodlines oh no (laughs) yes two really expensive games and and of course you know it was a rental so of course they didn't give you the manual no they you know if they did they'd always strip the manual and so they'd tear the cover off i don't know why they did this (sighs) So you, you'd never end up with anything truly complete in box yeah, from, a, from a rental place. Yeah, well, and I, we, if you ever listen to Cartridge Freaks, you know, those guys live in my hometown. We talked about finding some games in the wild around here that had their photocopied uh, instruction manuals they would use <laughs> with their sticker on it. And, it, and yes. to us, and to us, that was like a rare piece of nostalgia that's priceless because we remember those from the... Uh, you know, from our childhood. So, anytime we get one of those around here, it, it was called network video, and we, it's really easy to spot those because you'll see the stickers, like this well, big silver shiny <laughs> sticker on the back of the box. Yeah, I used to see. Like, what's funny is I remember getting some games, and they'd make their way all the way to South Texas, where we didn't even have those shops. And so you'd see things like Hastings, <laughs> and some sort of like rental store. They probably came from from West Virginia or something. <laughs> I didn't know it. So the worst part is when they put something on the label and you can't get it off. Oh, no. And you rip it off and it rips off part of the label. That's the worst. Yeah, Gugon's not going to fix that. (laughs) No. Or someone uses permanent marker. Oh, no. Why? their name on it. Yeah. Aaron's game. (laughs) You know what? It's not going to matter 10 years from now. You're going to forget all about that game. It's going to be someone else's game. That's right. Or, you know, I hope, uh, you know, it's like I never wrote on my games as a kid. <laughs> I did, Were I did you guilty either. of that? Did you ever do that? Uh, no, 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 no. I, oh. I, I was. Uh, the only thing I did that I regret is all the cardboard box games, like uh, the regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo. I usually threw those away because they just got in the way. And I, I, never, yeah. thought, I never thought that would be some kind of a collector's thing. Yeah, they, they got messed up so easily anyways. Yeah. I mean, the Genesis, at least it was a clamshell. Exactly. Those things were pretty sturdy, and they could survive, you know, nuclear fallout. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's cool. I'm just thinking of the, the Sonic 2 case. You know, it slices, it dices, it even makes julienne fries. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good slogan. Of course, later on in their uh, in their life, they started doing those little cardboard cases and they're like oh uh, those were so cheap and then uh, the manuals that's what i didn't like the manuals um, went from full color yeah to being black and white just being so cheap yeah. and now we're at the point where video game makers don't even give you manuals anymore it's, a it's all like oh here's a pdf it's yeah. a leaf but say go online oh it's so de- it's so depressing and it makes me want to go out yeah, and, like I, buy the, the strategy guides just because you got your hand on something 
Oh yeah, and I I just hate the later Sega boxes. I mean, great games like Vector Man series and and whatnot. Comics. But those boxes were just so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I got a few like some sport titles I found out in the wild and like literally factory sealed, but it didn't really matter because his boxes were just thrashed. Oh. Yeah, I think I've got like a the Dion Sanders one yeah. from the Prime box. Prime time. Yeah, prime time. <laughs> I got some World Series games I, I bought just out in the wild just because I wanted them. But when you see them for a buck, you know, it's kind of hard not to pick up. And go I like that series, though. Does, does World Series have Home Run Derby in the Genesis version? I can't remember. You know, honestly, I didn't play a lot of those. I was so stuck on a Sports Talk Baseball that I didn't, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't branch out. Yeah, those were, oh man, those were very novel. Or the Joe Montana yeah. talking football. I got yeah. that. I got, I got, yeah, Joe Montana was good, so. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely going to schedule a uh, baseball game soon on this show. Oh, please do! Like, I, I never. I, I can. My attention span is horrible with uh, watching baseball, but I love playing baseball games <laughs> for some reason. I'm a huge baseball fan all around, so I, I definitely want to get that going, especially with the baseball. Yeah, it's like I up. like baseball when there's something good happening, <laughs> but when it's just strike, you know, and it's just strike after strike, or it's just. The games you can just go on for so long. I don't know. I can watch it. I can watch it all day long. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> I like th- going to a game, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just loot my attention span just wavers when I watch it on TV. <laughs> so Gunstar Heroes, right? <laughs> right, Gunstar Heroes and baseball. Yeah. Perfect mix. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the you know, only other thing I was going to mention here uh, is just kind of where this game was released. We mentioned the Game Gear version earlier. Um, I guess M2 actually developed that. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not familiar with that developer. I tried to, you know, I haven't tried looking them up, but um, it's a really solid conversion. Yeah, M2's actually done some work for Konami as well, so it's uh, you know, they're definitely not a uh, unknown co- uh, developer. They they work on all yeah, they've been they've been around for a while, haven't they? Yeah, and they work on a lot of like uh, re-releases. Like they, um, I don't know if you've seen the uh, the re-releases of some of the Genesis games on the 3DS. All, all the 3D games they made, like they have like a 3D version of the original Sonic, 3D version of the original Streets of Rage. They actually uh, worked on those, getting those, uh, get, getting it to be actually be 3D. It's not just the not just the emulation game on the 3DS. So they actually worked on a lot of that stuff. And of course, that's they, really cool. So they, yeah. they work a lot with uh, Sega and yeah, Konami, just doing a whole bunch of uh, conversions. Yep, yep. So, and there's a ton of like re-releases of the games on PS2 and stuff they've they've worked on. So they're definitely connected with Sega in many ways. I think they even worked on some Neo Geo re-releases too, so... But, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of... Hey, you know what? They made a Gauntlet 4 on Genesis, which is my favorite oh, version yeah. of Gauntlet. I've never actually uh, played that one, so... Oh! <laughs> that is... Man, that's a good game, and the music is just as good as <laughs> Gunstar Heroes. Oh, man. See, M2 has done some good work. Um, I, I need to play the Game Gear version. I've seen it. Like, I went out on YouTube and watched it, but I haven't actually picked it up and played it. Yeah, it's it's really solid. It has a little more slowdown than uh, the main game, but it's understandable. And they, yeah. the cool thing is it's not completely the same because of the limitations, but you get things like you get to the mine level and you're hovering. You've got kind of like a jetpack thing or, you know, it, just a few other changes, but it's amazing how much they they kept intact, like the... Um, the boss we'll talk about the, the transformer boss <laughs> <laughs> it kept most of the transformer boss which is just really impressive because cool. you know most games you see on unless it's something like afterburner or something like that just do not take advantage of the hardware i can only think of a, a handful like maybe fantasy star 
with the cool scrolling dungeon. So it's nice to see something like Gunstar Heroes look really nice. All right, so I'm going to jump right into the story. The, you know, a lot of these Gana games, I don't pay too much attention to the story. This one was okay. Uh, it kind of started off with, uh, I, I, I guess they have these four gems, right? And um, there's kind of a disagreement with what the gems can do. The, the, they know they want to go unleash this uh, this robot called Golden Silver, who they say could bring. I, I guess the bad guys in the game thought he could bring some type of utopia, uh, but you know, you're the, the good guys don't really agree with that. That's kind of why the conflicts there. Uh, I, I love the player names in this. You know, you got Red and Blue are your are your main characters you can pick from, and uh, one of the bad and guys, and it's a Colonel Red, who's yeah, it looks like M. Bison. M. Bison, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I, one of the very first things I noticed. Um, there's even a, a one of the bosses. I can't remember his name, but he's a he kind of looks like a real steroid out version of Guile from Street. Yeah, Wars. Orange. Yes. Yeah, Orange. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of I, I do I kind of enjoy the how the names are just colors, but uh, yeah, I mean, r- really, I don't really have much of a, of a story other than that. You know, you you know, spoiler alert, you go through the game, you fight the. Uh, gold and silver guy and uh your brother green who is yeah your older brother your older brother green (laughs) he uh was kind of possessed by them kind of mind washed and at the end of the game uh he actually sacrifices himself uh to save the day so that's pretty cool you know nice little sacrifice story so (laughs) spoiler spoiler alert i'm just going spoiler alert he's a cool character too like he felt bad you know that, that he had to die Ah, but that's what happens when you yeah. mess around. <laughs> nah, he was brainwashed. <laughs> that, that's that's how I saw it. And, uh, it's funny because I always like to pick red just because of the little headband he had. I don't really know of any other reason. <laughs> did you did you have a preference on red or blue? I know there's. Oh no, I ended up yeah, I ended up picking red unless I was playing two player. Yeah, at my buddy's house. We used to play it quite a bit, but um, yeah, most of the time I I was red. Yeah, and you know they they classify this game as a as a run and gun. Um, one of the coolest parts about this game, it's yeah, it's a running gun, but you can do some cool things like you can throw your enemies, you can you can do a jump kick, yeah, you can jump off the walls, which is kind of cool. Kind of remind me of jumping off the walls, like you know, being Chun Li and, and Street Fighter Two or something. Yeah, like yeah, and, and doing like a sliding motion. Yeah, and kind of just they mix it up a little bit to where because it's not Contra's instant death when you get hit, it, it's really cool to have the close hand to hand combat uh, and in being able to throw enemies off you and throw bombs back at them. Yeah, yeah. It gives it a much more visceral feel than I think even Contra does because there's just a constant swarm of enemies uh, where you, you know, especially in, in some of the early areas or I think like level five too where it's just like they keep coming at you <laughs> and unless you know what you're doing, yeah, they'll just, they'll overwhelm you. So that's that's where like good firepower comes from and, and being able to use like your your melee stuff really helps. Yeah, I know, I know you and I chatted kind of of our strategy, and we, we kind of used two different. Uh, we have completely different yeah. strategies, which is cool because yeah. as long as we get to the end of the game, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. So and and for me, I love using the the fixed shot, and I like getting the uh, like two flame power ups. And you can the cool thing about that, and I, I tested it out with the free shot. Um, you can still kind of do the same thing with the free shot, but. With the fixed shot, you can actually take that uh, flame and kind of do a complete 360 around the screen with it. And uh, if anyone went out to the Facebook page, I kind of showed my strategy involved with that. And I would, I jumped around a lot of that because you can't actually run with it, but you can jump a little bit. So I would get in the center of the stage and just wave that thing around like a big, kind of like the Castlevania whip when you hold the button down and just keep jumping a little bit here and there. And I would just wipe out enemies like that. That's kind of my strategy, anyways. 
Yeah, and, and uh, I think that's a good strategy, except, like, for me, uh, the problem is, like, you get to a certain point in the game where the enemies just keep spawning, and so you have to keep moving to the right. Uh, that's where, so for me, like, I usually start the game, I do free shot, and then I'll pick um, homing. I'll usually start out with homing, even though I kind of like the fire shot, like you said. I'll use homing for a while, especially on the easier parts, and then... You know, you'll have those little f flying bug creatures that, that drop power-ups, right? But it's always random. Every time you play, yeah, yeah. what they drop is random. And you can usually, like, if you shoot them fast enough and you throw your body into them, you can make them explode and they'll, like, drop, like, three or four uh, power-ups. And so I usually end up going for the laser. And so for me, laser plus homing is usually my go-to system just because I can run around the screen can focus especially on the levels where there's more platforming or you know you have to the enemy uh the boss is moving around a whole lot for me for some reason just being able to focus on moving out of the way is easier for me so i don't have to focus on you know pointing my weapon um plus for some reason my thumb gets tired a lot when i have to you know move the the weapon back and forth like i tried using because you can use so many different combinations yeah. you know I, I tried using the laser plus the fire and so it becomes like a, a lightsaber which is cool at first but then like you just get kind of tired of waving that around it's too short yeah and um you know there's other combinations but for me it's it's uh it's a hierarchy so i usually like <laughs> homing plus laser or homing plus homing it's usually the, the pick of the litter it's what you whatever you get or i like homing plus you can see a pattern here Homing plus uh, the the rapid fire. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the the homing plus the the fire shot is really weird when you try to use it with free mode because what happens is you fire it out and it's no longer it's kind of homing but you actually get to move the fire wherever you want on the screen. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it's kind of firing around. I think that would be better if you were using fixed shot. Because you'd at least be able to point it to wherever you want it to go. But it doesn't work well at all in, in free shot. And then things like, um, you know, when you when you combine two of the same together, it's pretty cool. Like you, like you said, the, the double fire is really good. The double machine gun, actually, if you can hit guys, uh, if you can aim well with it, it actually knocks out the guys faster than I think just about any other weapon. Oh, wow. Uh, which I found to be true, but it, it takes practice just because if you have an enemy moving around too much, you know, this game loves to uh, take the carpet and sweep, <laughs> sweep it uh, from under you and, and change things up to where you cannot, you basically can't go the, the whole game using the same strategy and using the same, at least for me, the same weapons. Because if I try going the whole game using the homing plus the laser, the problem is that laser it's super fast you know it knocks out the enemies around the screen but it's not smart enough to know where you want it to go right yeah so sometimes it'll it'll um, hit on something that can't actually be destroyed like a piece of like an enemy boss or something that's like a leg or something <laughs> you can't destroy so sometimes it helps to have an alternate backup strategy just depending on what's going on in the game yeah and there's actually one point in the game where i wish i could have changed to the uh free shot it was when you're you get into the spaceship and you kind of go into that one level where it's a uh, like a space shoot em up the, yes. the the fixed in that was miserable i struggled more on that I than i did bet. the whole game yeah it was it oh was really man bad. that's the best place to have 
laser homing because that it, it becomes a bullet hell shooter at that yeah. point. Like I think of the game itself as almost being in that genre just because of all the bullets flying around. But yeah, uh, that's why. I mean, I also recommend people try Alien Soldier if they can, yeah. because it's like Gunstar Heroes, but the whole game is like a boss rush game. Okay, but in that game, you can. It's what I wish this game would have had is uh, six button control because in Alien Soldier you can actually switch freely between fixed and free shot depending on the situation and you can even like if you if you're in um, I, I forget I think if you're in like a free shot mode you can strafe backwards so you can shoot forward and move and it's handy and you can tell like they just built a little bit more on that game using the concepts of Gunstar Heroes yeah Man, that game's gorgeous too. Alien <laughs> Soldier. Oh yeah, it's so much harder than this game. <laughs> yeah. I think though, like I cannot get anywhere in that game, even on what they call the easy mode. It's not easy. No, no. <laughs> That's it's cool. like either easy, easy or ultra hard. Like there's no, <laughs> no there's in no in between. Not at all. Thankfully, in Gunstar Heroes, you've got easy, medium, and hard. Yeah. And I let my kids, uh, I let my kids play this game uh, the other day, and they were just. You know my my uh, my six year old, my four year old, and they were just they were having fun with the game. But I put it on easy, and I try to you know uh, just let them play that way because <laughs> the game gets hard quick. Yeah, it does. Um, the good thing is like kind of like any shoot 'em up game, and this is just kind of my opinion. You learn the patterns pretty quick. Uh, yeah, there's a few times in the bosses I die pretty fast, but once I went back, it's kind of easy to learn the patterns. It's just Try to remember them. Try to remember where you need to be. And of course, you got to incorporate your your certain strategy with whatever gun you picked. And yeah, you know, and, and just a small gripe in that game. I kind of wish there was a way you could change from fixed to free shot, like I mentioned with the the space shoot 'em up. I would have loved to change that uh, going into that. But the rest of the game to me is much easier with the fix that I decided to suffer through that stage. While I was <laughs> able to do the the. Fix I, I felt else. the same way about certain areas of the game where it's just like it would be really handy to stay in one <laughs> spot right now. Exactly. And just shoot. Yeah. And I'm just not I'm just not real good at aiming on that game. And there's and I, I know you, you mentioned it kind of being like Contra when we were chatting one day. And um, I, I just I, Contra is one of the very few games I consider myself good at. And I just didn't have that feeling of Contra in, in this one. I'm not saying that this game isn't as good as Contra. It's just I, I wasn't as good or as fluent with this game with the free shot as I was Contra. So like, Contra has pattern memorization yeah. that this game only has on the bosses. Yeah. Because there's so many enemies flying at you uh, in each level that there's no patterns to kind of remember, except for on the mini bosses and the main bosses. And so it kind of your strategy from Contra kind of falls apart. You can't just jump, duck, dodge, dive, you know. <laughs> You're just trying to hurt as little as possible. Yeah, exactly. And because... No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, and I was, you know, most, most run and gun shoot 'em up games usually have a weapon that's similar to the spreader gun. And that's kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and there's where, nothing like that exactly. in this game. <laughs> that's always my strategy. It's like they purposely took it out because they did not want you to be super overpowered. You know, and later on, Contra games introduced the homing shooting, too. I know, like, the Game Boy. Uh, the Game Boy version of Contra um, actually had that. That's kind of where they, that was introduced, and of course, with Alien Wars and um, Super Nintendo. But that that's when. It got a little difficult for me because I was just so used to the spreader, trying to get used to the homing, because that was the more powerful weapon yeah, in the game. Yeah, you know what? The, the homing, and there was a trick to that game. If you combined the homing 
with the, uh, I think it was with the laser, uh-huh. and you switch back and forth between them. Or, or maybe it was the missile and the homing, something like that. If you switch back between two of the weapons, then it becomes a lot easier yeah, yeah. because it, it shoots your, your alternate weapon faster for some reason. Yeah. I think the other advantage Contra 3 had over this game just a little bit was having that bomb. Yeah, and if there power. was a screen clearing bomb in this game, it would make some of these sections so much yeah. easier, especially when you've got like five guys trying to throw you to the ground. <laughs> I guess that's where Infinite continues, kind of, you know, yes. help you with all that, all that struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed the difficulty, I, and it's funny saying that sometimes, but I did. It was, it was. My wife was cracking up at me last night because I was getting so mad because I was trying to beat the game. I, I said I'm gonna beat this game before the podcast, and and I'll, and I'll admit to all the listeners I did use save states on the PS3 version. I, I, There's no way I could beat it without it. I tried. I tried not using save states, and it got a little ridiculous. And so for the sake of time, <laughs> I use save states. But I, I got so mad at that shoot 'em up stage, and and then the uh, of course the final boss is where you have to go through all the different ones you have to beat all the different bosses yeah. and they're different and, and it's not like Mega Man boss rush mode where it's you know all their same attacks and whatnot. no now they've got completely different attack patterns yeah. they're kind of similar to what they had except for like green it's completely different yeah but um yeah you gotta face basically like their final forms <laughs> exactly <laughs> and I don't know what happened I actually beat green pretty fast I, I think he got stuck I, I think something happened with the game because I just got him in a corner and I just held down my my flames and he just kind of walked into it and I didn't have to do anything. I don't know what happened, but it, it worked for me. I didn't die once on green. Really weird. Yeah, the, the enemies, uh, the bosses have this interesting thing where they have a recovery time like you do. And so you can't just keep shooting at them. You, yeah. you can, but their, their health meter isn't always going to keep going down. It's going to stop for a second. And then, you know, they're going to recover and maybe switch it up a little bit on you and then you can keep shooting at them. Yeah, they must fall down. Like, it kind of phases them for a little bit and then they almost kind of fall down and they, they get back up yeah, yeah like green falls down and you know what i was playing this game i didn't use save states but i was playing it on i beat it on medium before but i wanted to try it on hard and man there was so much like table pounding <laughs> <laughs> uh no joke because on hard it gets extremely yeah, tough I can imagine. Uh, and i got i got to the last area and i just keep dying on green because you know, by the time you get to like, um, I want to say black. So usually they give you like on the last stage. We're jumping ahead a little bit, but they give you a, a, a breather and they let you pick up a health container. Well, you you beat black and you jump right into green. No, <laughs> no health refill, nothing. And so if you're like low on health, you've got like 50 HP or something. Unless you can dodge everything, he throws like these spike things. Unless you can dodge them, uh, you're, you're toast. But <laughs> I did find something interesting out was that um, you know how this game lets you hang on ledges and swing yourself up? Yeah. There's something interesting. I think if you hold the controller up and you jump, then it bypasses that and you jump straight up to that next platform without swinging up, which can cause kind of a delay. Yeah, and I, I kind of struggled with that. I, I thought that's what was going on, but I would kind of forget it, and I would jump. Because I'd, I'd want to get up to that next platform, but I'd always end up hanging. Especially when you fight the, uh, I think it was Orange, because you, you kind of want to get away from him there at the end of the game and kind of shoot down on him. And I, I kept, you know, he kept rushing at me, and I'd try to jump up, and he'd hit me while mm-hmm. I was hanging. So I did, I did struggle with that a little bit, but I eventually got the hang of it, I think. And there's another little weird thing is that sometimes when you're doing your... Um your air dive 
if you land just right, you'll you'll go into a slide, but you won't slide down like Mega Man style. You'll kind of like do a slide run or a slide walk thing. Yeah. And I don't know what triggers it, but sometimes it happens, and it looks really cool. <laughs> well, I, and I noticed one little thing while fighting Orange was that when I was on that upper platform and I was trying to shoot like down diagonal, it wouldn't let me unless I was on that little ledge where you're kind of sliding. Oh, no. So yeah. like when you're standing on a level plane, you couldn't actually shoot down diagonal. You can only shoot like kind of outwards. So I had to, once I figured that out, I was, it was really easy to beat that guy. But I died four or five times before I figured out what in the world was going on. I just love in that stage how all the bosses are sitting there. It's almost like they're watching <laughs> yes, you from a yes. TV screen. And so, you know, it's kind of framed so that you see them on the outside looking at you um, fighting one of the bosses. And it's almost like they come out from the, the room and they go into the frame and try and fight you. And it's really funny. Uh, this game just has a wonderful sense of humor, yeah. Uh, which I know you'll you'll go into uh, just a lot more than Contra's. It, it's almost a the direct opposite of Contra's seriousness. Yeah, and it's very clever. And one of my favorite parts, and we chatted a little bit about that, was the, the like the game board. I can't remember what that that stage was called, but uh, it's I know it's like black's uh game or something like that yeah. i can't remember what it was but yeah it's, it's black stage so so basically any, any listeners haven't played that um at the end of the level instead of fighting a boss you you walk into a room and you're pretty much rolling dice on a, on a game board and each every time you roll it you, you jump to a part of the board i'm gonna call it uh either you like pick up an item or you have to fight a part of a boss and the bosses here are a little easier but you have to fight a good bit of them and um, and there's even one boss where you have to fight where you don't even have a gun. You have to go straight, yes, straight up. Yes, curry and, and rice. Curry yeah, and rice, where it exactly. turns into like a uh, straight up melee, just yeah. slides and air dives. And and then the the awful part is when you get to the end of the board. I have never actually finished the game. It always hits me on that uh, on the tile that says like go back or something. And then I gotta, oh yeah, the go back all the way. Yeah. And been a while since that happened, and it has happened. But I think it keeps the stages you've completed yes, already, yes, and it leaves the ones that you still that are still on the board. And so if you roll, I think the game only, even though it's like a six-sided die, it only lets you get one, two, or three. Yes, <laughs> you notice that? I noticed that too. <laughs> yeah, and and so you know the game's gonna make you play a level unless you've already beaten it but i just remember being so frustrated when i'd, I'd skip over like an, an item room because <laughs> it lets you grab a gun and it lets you get health exactly exactly like, oh i needed that but black himself is a really easy boss yeah like, he is probably the easiest boss of any of the bosses you get to face in the first four levels but and and i just thought that was so clever you don't I, i've never seen something like that in a video game it kind of remind me of like you know the the character arcade in the old x-men comics just kind of trapping you inside of an amusement park type thing it, it, it kind of gave me that feel but you oh never, like arcade right yeah you, you never, arcadia or whatever his name was exactly and you never really felt that in a video game before so that was that was neat to me and you know something i did i caught myself doing i i'm real bad about multitasking so when i play a game the way my basement set up i have my couple tvs here and a computer there i'd be watching a tv show while i'm playing this game and i caught myself rolling that dice like a million times like it yes because you can keep roll i've <laughs> yeah. done that too you keep rolling it and like what i would do is i'd play with a friend and we would just we would try and throw it back and forth to each other oh that's cool and catch it in midair because you could keep on doing it until it hit the ground <laughs> and so it would go all the way off the screen and then it would fall down and the other person would try and catch it and throw it back and 
we were easily entertained as kids. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm bad about just messing around with stuff like that. It reminded me of, uh, there's a Rayman game. Um, I know it's on all the consoles, but my son and I played it on Wii U. There's a soccer game you can play one-on-one. It's, you know, it's a 2D game, but the soccer ball kind of acts like that. You can jump up and grab it and kick it into the other person's goal. It's one of the best mini games I've played on a you know modern console in a long time. And my, my son and I played that game. We played it for an hour one day, just this crazy soccer game. It, it reminded me of that mechanic. You can, you know, catch the dice in the air and throw it to the side of the wall so i don't know it just kind of re- it reminded me of that and you know if anyone's ever looking for a simple mini game to play go check out that rayman game on, on the wii u <laughs> <laughs> yeah no rayman series awesome yeah awesome games. it's something i didn't touch about gunstar heroes this game is kind of draws from Mega Man and the fact that you get to pick what stage you go to uh, there's four stages to pick from in the beginning and I love the diversity in the stages that's one of my big pros and I'll go over that list later but it's not just a run and gun. You're you're you know you're going up different platforms. You're sliding down these big hills. You're you're in a cart that actually you know stay on uh, level plane and you can double jump and it goes up. You're hanging upside down. There's just and of course you know like we talked about the space shoot 'em up stage. It's a very diverse type game. Uh, you don't get that a lot in Contra. You know like I said, Contra is one of my favorite games. But you know other than the bases, yeah, the point points of views you get in Contra. There's really no diversity like there is in Gunstar Heroes. And I, I really applauded them for that. It, it kept Gun, it uh, let's say if you played um, Contra Hardcores on Genesis, yeah, that yeah. one kind of feels like it was made by some treasure people too. <laughs> There's definitely some more diversity in that game, but this game takes a cake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, you're right because you know, the Contra on, on Genesis and on Super Nintendo, there are some areas where you, where you kind of hang and um, some of the levels have some objectives versus just killing everything in sight. So there's, there's definitely a little bit there. But yeah, I'm a big fan of this game and, and how diverse it was. I, and I remember playing as a kid and I must be in kind of shocked. I'm like, all oh, right, there's a shoot 'em up stage. Kind of remind me of like uh, Mario Land on, on the Game Boy. Where you know, or uh, yeah, I know yeah, or the Avengers yeah, on, yeah. on Genesis. If you get far enough, yeah, it becomes like a shoot 'em up. And I, I just that, that's neat. It kind of mixes it up. I, I wish more games would do that. I kind of wish it was more of a trade-off. I always thought it'd be cool to have a game where some of it was on land, some of it was in space, like that. That didn't stink, you know. Like uh, I, I, was, I always think of, uh, oh, it's a GameCube game, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, or something, where they had some land, land battles and space battles, but the land battles kind of stunk. Always, oh, wish, yeah. always wish there was a game that kind of evened those out to where it was an awesome shooter in space and an awesome kind of land battle game. Because this game, uh, if you took that shoot 'em up stage, that could be the whole game. Yeah. Especially with that that fly around mechanic where you can kind of warp around. Yeah. They tacked on one shooter stage near the end when you're right. They could have kind of mixed it up a little more. Yeah. And there's probably games out there that do that. Nothing I can think of top of my head. I think um, Battletoads on Game Boy has a stage on it, but it's the same thing. You get to the end of the game and it's like, oh, now we're going to shoot him up. <laughs> exactly. Like, now you've got to learn a whole new set of commands. Good luck. You'll need it. <laughs> I was like, I hope you're not talking about those speeder bikes. <laughs> oh, no. Like, there's there's a little bit of Gunstar Heroes that reminds me of the speeder bike section or the, the Inferno level. You know, one of the bosses where you have to dodge the stuff coming, you know, flying towards you. Oh gosh, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know which one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, you have to jump over like all those balls. Yeah. Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah, that was rough. There's like three versions of that. And of course, you know, the, the the last version of that just reminds me of Vector Man, like that guy running at you at all. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Talk about impressive uh, the graphics in this game. Yeah. Yeah, like you get to the the. The, the Running Man. There's there's a lot of that in treasure games. I've noticed 
like Radiant Silvergun, the last boss is like a running running guy. Uh, in this game, the second to the last area has a boss where once you, it, it's it's a neat 3D effect. So the first there's like a, a ball laser thing that comes around, you have to jump over or duck. And then there's this running guy, kind of like in, um, if you've ever played Balls 3D yeah. on the Genesis, that's what it kind of reminds me of. But um, he's kind of got like a 3D shape and he runs in and out of the background. But um, yeah, that's just one of the, and, and it's like a laser light show going on in the background. It's just, <laughs> that level is just really trippy once you get inside the the, 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 the ship. Yeah, and it, it's good to see them pull that off at that at that time because you didn't see a lot of that 3D integration. Um, even on the very first stage, the first mini boss you go to, kind of like um, he's kind of similar. Oh yeah, it's kind of made of like uh, polygons almost. Yeah, and, and he does this attack where he kind of kind of flies and his arms are twisting and it's very 3D looking. You got to slide under it when it's at a certain area. I, I was real impressed by that, and, and it actually made sense. And a lot of those games at the time tried to do 3D and it just didn't work out too well. But I, I thought they incorporated it well. It didn't look it didn't look weird with the other graphics. I didn't think. How did you like the fact that every single boss you face? They give you the name of the boss, and then they list off oh, their gosh. special abilities. Yeah. I, I couldn't even <laughs> keep up. It, it, was, it was funny to me. It was like, I don't know. It, that, that made me feel like it was some type of crazy Japanese, Japanese anime. It's a, but, yeah. yeah, it's like a <laughs> Japanese thing. They just want to list out all these things. Yeah. And then like you get to like the boss of the mine cart level, and it's like <laughs> the boss is longer than the actual level. <laughs> Yeah, because he's got seven different forms, and, and you know they list out every single form and, and all random. the different abilities. Yeah, yeah it's random. Because I, I thought I had it down one time, and I'm like, all right, I got this thing, and then it turned into something I hadn't seen before, and I was like, oh crap. <laughs> in, 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 okay, in normal mode, do you have to face every form of his, or just like four or five out of them? I can't remember if you have to face every single one of them in normal. I think it's every form, but I might be wrong. I felt like it. Was. I know in hard in hard mode you do, and the, the worst form had to have been, and that's where the graphics are really impressive. Also, just like you could not do this on the Super Nintendo without a chip. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you see, like the sprite rotation, the amount of sprites on screen without any slowdown whatsoever. Um, you got like this crazy running Terminator type <laughs> guy uh, on that level. Um, you know, when Green's in his morphing Transformer type thing. Um, and then you get to like my f- most frustrating boss, and there's probably the crab boss to me, uh, just because that's the one where it's like he's coming up, you know, the the screen vert it uh, tilts vertically, and so now the minecart level is actually sideways. Yeah, this is really weird. Uh, and then um, it's like a I don't know if it's a crab like thing, but he kind of moves his arms left and right, and you have to know r- right when to dodge. <laughs> Or he's going to come up the screen and, and knock out a whole bunch of your health. And then, like, he rotates. And so it's like a puzzle. This game has a lot of puzzle elements to it. Yeah, absolutely. Where it's like, you have to think on your feet. And it's not just like, oh, I can just shoot <laughs> shoot the red orb right here. And this will knock out the bad guy. Or, you know, Contra, I can shoot the Transformers logo. <laughs> and that'll be it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and you know, speaking of Contra, I, I don't feel like... They're a Contra connoisseur. Yeah, I, I never... like Especially the first two games, um, uh, regular Nintendo, I never felt like there was really a hard boss until you got to the end of the game. And then you had to... Uh, you, then you had to kind of remember some patterns and how to... Even jump. then, in, in Contra 1, I think the last boss, if, if you found the sweet spot... Yeah, oh yeah. 
Yeah. That was it. Yeah, that, that stage is actually really easy as long as you have the spreader gun. You just kind of point it down and start shooting real fast and point it up. <laughs> pretty much. It got yeah. pretty easy. But if you don't have this, if you have just the single shotgun, it gets pretty hard because you got to be real precise with those shots. But, um, yeah, enough of Contra. Good grief. I got to stop that. Good every, grief, Charlie Brown. <laughs> every show I'm on, I start talking about Contra somehow. Even the new Metroidvania show, I'm like, they should make a Metroidvania Contra game. <laughs> I, I'll, I'd be all over. I'm I'm going for it. I'll I'll make one. (laughs) They're they're saying that new Axiom Verge game is going to be that, but we'll see. Anyways, we've been talking a lot about this game. Uh, As far as graphics go, you know, we've mentioned that. I'm I'm a big fan of the graphics on this game. The 3D was great. Uh, Is there any other thoughts you had about the graphics? Anything you want to add? Uh, Just that anyone who's a naysayer as far as what the Genesis could do, play this game and be prepared to be very impressed. And What I think was interesting, too, was I think this came to light recently. There was a producer, and I think you had Rob McCallum talk to him. Uh, so there's a producer from Sega of America who was uh, helping to bring this game over. And Sega was hesitant to bring it over because they thought the characters were too squat <laughs> and too smallish. Like they didn't, they weren't like the normal Genesis sprites where they're kind of tall and kind of, you know, bulky and muscular and whatever, you know, like Streets of Rage characters, you know, things like that, where they're much taller in a side-scrolling game like this. Uh, and, and so there's some hesitancy to, to bring it over here, but I'm so glad they did. Uh, and, you know, you, you compare games that came out in 1993 this can go toe to toe with just about any arcade game yeah. at that time, um, or you know, you take like a game like Metal Slug. Some people try and compare the two, but I actually, I kind of prefer this game just just for the variety alone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it it kind of has maybe similar um, in that cartoony, yeah, you know, war is yeah. fun kind of vibe. And, and you're right, Rob McCallum did say that about he you know chatting with the producer of this game and. Uh, he didn't go into the big detail, but he, he hit the nail nail on the head with that one. Um, attention to detail, like when you're, especially with the fixed shot, when you're holding the uh, fire button down, you can actually see his like the guy's shoulder kind of pumping with with the gun, which I thought was cool. And yeah, the animations in this are amazing. Like just the fact that everybody, it's not just stock. You know, everyone's got a, a different animation, yeah, and a different way of moving. And uh, you know, there's not too many normal enemy types but there's all sorts of neat little effects and in the village level where you see like a house explode there's these huge explosions and then you see people walking around on mechs and you know you see like these ninja type characters that can throw you and can slide kind of like you do there's just some really neat things in here uh, that you just gotta play the game to see what all this game offers it has so much replay value and so many things to see because the first time you play through it you're not going to see everything because when you play that uh dice level you know blacks game you're not going to beat every level on that so you're gonna have to go back and play it again just to see everything exactly exactly yeah and i'm i'm I was even a big fan of how the uh, screen would shake when there's a lot of explosions. I, I, some people might think that's annoying, but I, I really enjoyed that because they made everything just a little bit blurry and kind of shook the screen a little bit. When oh, yeah. It thought, kind of moves up and down like really, really yeah, fast. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little effect. But, I mean, yeah, overall animations, graphic, presentation, I just thought it was an A-plus all around. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, and, you know, I love it when the game 
um, when the graphics, like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, all of a sudden, it's a side-scrolling stage, and, like, in the village, suddenly you you jump over uh, a hill, and you're sliding down a mountainside. <laughs> yeah, for a very long time. <laughs> yes, you're like, this is a very long mountain. <laughs> and it kind of, like, goes into, like, and you'll get into this in the audio, but it's kind of like a metal breakdown. Yes. It's like, jun, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah. That... It's like a really heavy, heavy part of the game. Um, but that everything in this game kind of melts together in a perfect mix yeah i think that was a perfect segue just in the sound and music because the music in here i i'm sure i've expressed expressed this many times in this podcast i'm i'm, I'm a big metal head love metal and this 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 game had a lot of of that in it per se i mean a lot of a lot of influence on, on kind of a progressive type metal with different parts different uh it wasn't your standard verse. verse different time music. signatures. Exactly, yeah. different time signatures. Very just random type parts of the song. and it, That stuff fits well in video games because sometimes loops are, are catchy and everything, but it's just neat how that kind of layered into the game and could kind of just make you feel different emotions at different times. It's really cool. I really enjoyed the music. Uh, sound effects were great. Uh, I, lo- I love the sounds of things blowing up and e- even even some of the enemies, how they would yell and scream when you'd hit them or when you'd throw somebody. <laughs> that's, like, that's the only thing you... And I think that's awesome. The only thing I noticed is that uh, the sample rate of the of the screams in the game are pretty low. Yeah. Like you can tell when like one of the enemies dies, and it's like, and, and you know, it's just like a very guttural sound. Cheesy. Not like it. Or like when, uh, oh yeah, I love it. But like when when your character throws an enemy, he's like, yeah. <laughs> I can't even describe it, but he's like, yeah, or you know, just like the sound effect he makes. <laughs> that's, that's funny yeah I like that but yeah I'm sure you enjoyed the music didn't you oh man I absolutely love the music and uh, that composer I'm, I'm you know I'm a musician like you uh, Nick so uh, I've looked up this guy his name's Norio Hanzawa and he's done a ton of uh, music for Treasure uh, and like I said before he did Bucky O'Hare another fantastic soundtrack but what I love about this game it, that you don't even find in other Genesis soundtracks is just the the quality. There's none of that cat dying Genesis <laughs> yes. sound that pick, you hate. Pick that wrong, Luther. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's all it's all very progressive. It it's a very unique sounding soundtrack because you'll hear like almost like sirens blaring in the background. Yeah, yeah. The way they designed it, like the sound effects and the music, are are meshing perfectly together that you can't quite tell which is which sometimes and the melodies are just kind of like you know coming in and out of nowhere but it still manages to fit somehow it's it's chaotic but it it works yeah it really works controlled chaos that's what i like to call it (laughs) exactly that's awesome yeah it's funny you brought up the the dying cat sound there's there's definitely good (laughs) there's good genesis sounds and to me there's bad genesis sounds and i don't think this one maybe other than what you said about some of the screaming noises but this I think it's just because they they crammed so much else into this game <laughs> that they just couldn't fit anything else. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was definitely top notch. I I want to go out and look at some of the. You said it was Norio Hanzawa was his name, something like that. Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, Norio Hanzawa, and uh, we didn't mention this yet, but he also worked on the soundtrack for Gunstar Superheroes, which is kind of a sequel, kind of a reimagining. It takes place after this game, but it. If you play that game, it's going to look very familiar. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of the levels uh, are are similar to this game, even down to like uh, having a minecart stage and having to fight a boss that's 
eerily similar to Green and the Seven Force boss. But it's really good. It's it's another like you know how Gunstar Heroes pushes the limits of the Genesis. Play Gunstar Superheroes on on the Game Boy Advance. It pushes the limits of the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, I, I had to Google him. He actually does one of my favorite soundtracks on the Game Boy, which I can't stand. This game was uh, Castlevania: The Adventure. Great, great song. Great music. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So here's the key to that game, man. Um, you find the hack that speeds up the game, makes it so much better. Yeah, because that game is it's long just and boring. <laughs> long and boring. But you speed the game up, and it's a lot more manageable. But I can sit through that game just because of the music. That's good. That's neat. I, I just googled him as you were talking there and saw that that was yeah. He made he made uh yeah Castlevania the adventure, and yeah. he did oh man roller games on the NES. Oh. One of my absolute favorite games. <laughs> the is music good. is fantastic. Yeah. There's total '80s cheese in that game going on. <laughs> But one of the best soundtracks on the NES. Super underrated game. Yeah, that's cool. So I, I, I'm going to have to look at all these games. There's a, there's a good bit of what... And a lot of it's been with Treasure. Some with uh, Konami, the Simpsons arcade game. It's like Treasure Composer um, for most of their games, I want to yeah, say. Yeah. Not all of them, but most of them. Yeah, I love Castlevania The Adventure. Love that music. Like I said, I, I have it on 3DS. and I just kind of wander around real slow and just kind of enjoy the music. <laughs> Yeah, I've got the I've got the main song in my head where it's like do 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 yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think we both agree we like the music here. So uh that kind of wraps up the main topics of the game before we go into the next segment. Um I don't unless you have anything else to wrap it up with. We've I'm sure there's a ton of stuff we forgot, but we've been we've been talking about this for a while and it's been good conversation. Is there anything else you wanted to add to? Uh, no. Um are we still going to do do you guys still do the uh, the trophies? Yeah, what a great segue. This will there be you go. the retrofitted achievements. The Genesis Gems Retrofitted Achievements. Did you uh, come up with any? Yeah, I came up with a few this time okay. since the last time I was on here. <laughs> and so one I thought of was a uh, give it to him hammer. And that's uh, when you get hit by the the hammer boss in, in level six. Or it's like you get to like that um, that ballroom area kind of. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. It's like a computer room, but there's like a whole bunch of like uh, crazy checkerboard flashing lights and stuff. And the the boss like has a hammer attack where he comes down on you like really hard. Um, <laughs> another one I had was um, super zapper recharge, and that's when you're fighting green with his uh, seven force and one of my favorite ones is um, when it's a gun uh, and it just keeps shooting bullets at you and you've got to dodge it and he'll keep shooting them and then the gun itself actually recharge you know it actually uh, reloads just hilarious yeah that a sci-fi gun has to reload laser shots or whatever reminds me of like the old transformers cartoon with megatron wasn't he a gun at one time Oh, I, I think so. Like back in the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, the only other one I could think of, fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> fool me twice, shame on me. And that's when you defeat Black and uh, he he throws out the uh, the, the fake uh, gem, right? And it turns out to be a bomb. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, like, after that, he's kind of, like, begging for his life. And you can keep on shooting him and sliding into him. <laughs> indefinitely until you want the game to go on i got a i got four 
the, the first one here is pretty relevant to some of the news ongoing today. Uh, it's called, Is That a Blue or Gold Hero? <laughs> it's going to reference the dress thing. That's oh, happening. nice. <laughs> and that's uh, picking blue because he's, he's the blue guy, not the gold guy. <laughs> um, that's right. This one's called Whip It and Whip It Good. And it's uh, using the fix, uh, the double flame because it looks like a big whip. It reminds me of like the Castlevania whip, so that's kind of stupid. Uh, next one, then this is kind of in honor of Rob because he always does a uh, music thing. This one's called uh, Red Just Started to Fire. And this is uh, using nothing but flame powers throughout the whole game with the red, like I did. <laughs> <laughs> My last one, uh, <laughs> he's going to love me for this. This one's called I'm Out Like Rob Luther, and that's quitting the game but promising to come back sometime. So. Aww. <laughs> we love you, Rob. <laughs> It, it wouldn't, be a, wouldn't be a show without Rob. You know, the last show, I really gave Rob a hard time about liking the Flyers. I started to think that's why he wasn't coming. He, he wanted to take a break, but he promised me it wasn't. So, so yeah, go Penguins. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. You really gave it to him hard. <laughs> oh, I was. He canceled, he canceled that show a few times, and I was like, oh, I got to get these jokes out. I almost texted him a few of them, but I couldn't. I had to hold back. <laughs> You had to cut some of those jokes because they weren't family appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, there was a few I read that I thought, nah, I better not talk about those on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you had right. some good ones, though. They made me laugh. Oh, good. I'm glad I made somebody laugh. I was laughing. Poor Rob. Yeah, he couldn't He couldn't catch a break. But uh, All right. So we're going to go right on to the next segment. Is this a gym? Is this game of Genesis gym? Is it good? Or is it garbage? You know, I went out to, to Moby Games, which is kind of the main website I go to to find reviews, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, reception that came around that time. And uh, the critical reception for the, for the Moby rank was actually 80 out of 100. And, of course, that's a uh, an average of all the reviews. Uh, one of the interesting reviews came from GamePro. They actually gave it a 10 out of 10. And their little headline said, uh, This cartridge doesn't blast open new territory but it soups up a standard shootout game with murderous action, excellent controls, and imaginative gamer design. Gunstar Heroes is a certified Genesis Gunstar. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> Cheesy uh, GamePro line there. Exactly. Well, most of the time, GamePro on these games never gives a 10 out of 10, which I thought was kind of neat. So that was kind of cool. Um, or it was a uh, four excited faces. Yeah. <laughs> And what actually brought down the, the average of this, you know, like I said, it was an 88 out of 100, were some of the smaller sites. There's one site that gave it like, or a, a publication that gave it like a 6 out of 10, which I thought was a little unfair. I read some of it. it yeah, was that the Eurogamer or something like I that? I think so. I, I thought it was just a little or unfair. Edge. It was Edge Magazine. Okay, okay. okay. So and you the, know what? They were playing the European version, which is a little slower. Yeah, <laughs> different story too, I heard. I didn't really read up on that. But, um, so as far as... Uh, listeners responses go we got a ton of responses on this and i'm going to go really fast i don't want to leave anybody out so just bear with me here as i read all these uh, the first one came from this guy's retro games roundup that's kind of cool am i the only one who thought this game was terrible i feel almost wrong for saying it but garbage yes maybe listening to the podcast will give me another shot so definitely <laughs> play this again uh ross beck says this is an uber gym previn moore says definitely jim patrick fagan says jim Zachary Richards says, Everyone knows this is a gym. Not even a hidden gym. It's a widely known, widely celebrated gym. Our friend Ito over at Sega Collector says, Jim. Uh, Joe Copel says, Jim. This was one of the few Genesis games I kept when I originally sold off my stuff for PS1. I've since sold the cart, but have a digital copy on my PS3. Great gameplay, boss fights are epic, and having to change weapons was a great dynamic. Did I mention this was a gym? <laughs> uh, Thomas Mann says, Easily one of the best gems ever made. 
Uh, Rob McCallum uh, from Nintendo Quest, who actually uh, suggested this game, says, Brilliant gym, hard, fun, playful, and spawned a sequel on the Saturn. And he said, this is where he mentioned, he got the chat with the producer of the uh, game and mentioned that it was actually, wasn't going to be released, but he put his job online, so that was really cool. Uh, Kyle Murphy says, it's a classic gym. Jake McLennan says, never played this, but it looks like a gym. Um, sorry if I say your name wrong, but Azen Suzuki. No, it's probably Suzuki. Sorry. <laughs> it's a gym like the ones you collect from each boss. Wait, you Suzuki? <laughs> it's not you Suzuki, but it's not even spelled that way. It's S-O-U-S-K-E. If you want us to say your name right, please email me. <laughs> uh, Sosuke? Sosuke. That sounds better than Suzuki. <laughs> but uh, they said it's a gym like the ones you collect from each boss. Blue and red, kicking butt across different worlds. I enjoyed the dice palace where you rolled your fate. They need to remake this game ASAP. Uh, Brian Jellison says a classic. Luke Walsgrove says it's non-stop action gym. Luke Blanchard says Jim. Paul Brunette says definite Jim, but way too easy, especially with two players. Blake Rowell. Try hard mode. Yeah, exactly. Try hard <laughs> mode. <laughs> Try hard mode. Say that. <laughs> Blake Rowell says Jim in my top five games of all time and probably my top Genesis game. Oh no, it's Melon Bread. <laughs> uh, David Baker says it's it's Jim, it's Diamond. Matt Daly actually had two posts here. He says, I've never played it, but from what I see here, I really need to. And then he uh, came back and said, you're right, 100% Jim. And Matt's the actual one who got the high score. Uh, a few more here. Mark Ross says it's a Jim. Robert Potta says Jim. Steve Miranda says, beyond good, it's excellent. And the last one, Felix Cruz says it's a Jim. I didn't do a tally, but I think it's pretty unanimous here. <laughs> it's, it's a Jim for uh, all the listeners. <laughs> pretty much. And um, there was one thing I wanted to add that I forgot to tell you earlier. When I first played this, I remember talking to someone about this game in like third grade. And I don't know why I remember this, but for some reason I remember talking to someone and I pronounced it like the items you get in the game. I thought they were gems yeah. because I thought every G had a hard G sound. And so if I would have kept thinking that way into my old adult years, I think I'd be listening to the Genesis or the, the Genesis Gems podcast. Genesis Gems, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because my five-year-old son's learning how to, how to pronounce words and, and syllables, and he, he kind of has the same thing. Whenever he sees a, a, a J or a G, he gets a little confused, and I have to explain I was it. So, <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was so mad. I was like, why isn't it pronounced with a J if it's going to be Gem? Exactly. Like, you know, Gem from the 80s, Gem. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's a gym. I'm not going to really go over pros because we mentioned them all. few little cons, uh, I, like I mentioned, I, I kind of would have liked to have seen the ability to change between fixed and free. That's very small. But other than that, everything's a pro to me, so I'm going to yeah. say it's a gym. And, and I'll say it's a gem, too. The only thing that I say is a drawback, like you said, fixed and free shot, but also the fact that some of the bosses, I think their health bar is a little too long. And so some of the bosses, especially if you play it on hard mode, they can feel like they drag just a tiny bit because they have like these enormous health bars that are like 4,000 hit points. Yeah. <laughs> and you're sitting here with like 80. <laughs> if that, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. There's sometimes I went to the boss like 40. Like, oh, I know. There. Sometimes I would just rage quit and I'd uh, <laughs> kill myself and start that area over again if I, if I got to a boss with like 20 health. It's like, no way. <laughs> no, I'm going to restart. And thankfully, the game gives you a checkpoint. Exactly. So I'm going to check point, and I'm going to start with, with like 180. <laughs> and that was the problem with the space level. There was no checkpoint that I can think of. There might have been, but I never got there. <laughs> so I was making my own checkpoints with safe states, sadly enough. But anyways, all right, so we're going to lay the gavel down and say this is a gym. That was a pretty easy one. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. 
All right, so if you guys would like to stay connected with us, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. Uh, go to our Facebook group. Like I said, I'm going to post some more links, get more involvement there. It's one thing we created a while back and just didn't uh, promote enough. Uh, and I'll help out however I can. Yeah, cause... we got Aaron yeah. now. Yeah. Put him to work. He needs to do some work. <laughs> I need to earn my keep. You earn your keep, that's right. The uh, salary is really low here, so it, it equals to nothing. So Sorry about that. <laughs> Rob wanted to raise, and I, I couldn't promise anything. So Michael, Michael Scott had to put him in his place. But uh, <laughs> you can email so us. Michael Kelso. Yeah, Michael. I should have done that. <laughs> I should have made that Michael Kelso and just had him quote all the lines. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, email us at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at genegems. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher and on iTunes. And right now, um, our next game is actually one of the random wheel picks, as we call it. Uh, we actually open up the app, scroll it really, really stinking fast, and then stop our finger, and whatever game we land on is what we're going to play. And this is actually an obscure game, so I'd be really curious if anyone can answer this, uh, what our next game is going to be. I'm going to play the introduction music from that game now. And if you know it, give us a shout-out on email or Facebook. that Aaron um thanks again for coming on really appreciate you being uh the replacement guy for Rob <laughs> hey <laughs> we, no problem thanks for having me short notice and I, I knew Aaron would be a reliable so definitely and, I, and you know I I'm definitely not a replacement for Rob no one can replace Rob yeah you're he's just, my hero <laughs> you're just you're, you're just a little bit more handsome than Rob so <laughs> oh I don't know about that I don't have shinier teeth <laughs> that's true I don't know if you can pull the flannel off or not like Rob can yeah so. <laughs> no not, not not as much of a flannel guy as he is <laughs> we love you Rob but uh anyways do you have anything else to add Aaron um no just uh play Gunstar Heroes it's yeah. very easy to pick up now especially if you can pick up like the Sonic collection if you don't have a Genesis pick up the Sonic collection it's like five ten bucks on Amazon absolutely and and real quick, where can uh, the listeners find you um, on your other podcast, Retro Obscura? Right, so Retro Obscura, we've got a website. It's just www. Uh, www.retroobscurapodcast.com. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher and all the normal places you can find a podcast. And uh, you know, we like to cover Sega games also on there. You know, we we try not to cover the same game the Genesis Gems is. <laughs> <laughs> We try not to do that, and so we'll, we'll, sometimes we'll, we'll cover more obscure stuff, and you know, we, we cover Japanese games, and we'll do Sega CD. So if you're like, where's the Sega CD? We'll actually cover Sega CD games on there sometimes. Just check us out sometime. But you know, if you like Genesis Gems, I think you'd like Retro Obscure also. Yeah, absolutely. I know Paul's a big Saturn fan, so he's always talking about that stuff. So. And, and Master System. He's one of the few that grew up with a Master System <laughs> instead of an NES. So he'll remind you of that. Yeah, that, that kid. <laughs> That poor kid. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, go check that out. We'll we'll put all those links on the show notes as well so you can uh, get to Retro Obscura easily. Uh, definitely go check that, web- or that the website and the, the podcast out. It's good stuff. So, anyways, Aaron, with that, uh, I hope all you Genesis fans have a great day, and we'll catch you later. Catch you later. <laughs>